space, crawl space, crawl space. <laughs> Welcome back to the Crawl Space Crypt. I am Tim here today with Lance. What's up, Lance? It's good to be here. It's good to be here behind the uh, safety net of the paywall. <laughs> I love the thought of that. Um, thank you all for subscribing to the Crawl Space Crypt. This helps keep the gears turning in uh, the Crawl Space media world, and we appreciate it. Hope you enjoy us sort of riffing on everything uh, from true crime to just like whatever's happened in our daily lives. Uh, one thing that happened in our daily lives was the amazing CrimeCon 2022 in Las Vegas. And we're going to get into uh, some of the inside baseball, inside CrimeCon baseball here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was such an amazing time, Lance. And uh, we had a lot of laughs. We met a lot of friends that and, and most of them we hadn't ever met. Like, you know, we've been we've been doing these shows for five or six years and um, we've met a lot of people at these other crime cons, but we've met so many people since 2019, the last time we were at one that we haven't met in person. And so like someone like Shil people like Shiloh and Scott, I know um, I know you had not met either of them. And that was really awesome to finally get a picture of all four of us together. I know. It was so like surreal to me to meet people and it like in the flesh. We've talked so much on Zoom that it felt like we'd uh, met, but you know there were a lot of people out there that I was surprised even had a lower half of their body because I you know never seen anything below like their neck or something. Uh, yeah, to to meet Doctor Shiloh and Doctor Scott and have our booth right next to each like we were right next to them was awesome, um, and we. We, uh, and then Todd Matthews, Todd Matthews, all of a sudden this like beautiful mane of hair enters the podcast row and then 17 minutes later, Todd Matthews follows it and it was incredible. <laughs> uh, the, the man was uh, so gracious and so, so sweet and just a delight to finally meet in person. You know, the guy who kind of started it all as far as like internet sleuthing, armchair detecting, uh, citizen sleuthing. So that, that was a delight as well. Yeah, that was one, that was definitely one of my favorite moments, you know, and uh, I have to there's so many moments we had and I have to look through my phone to see all the pictures to yeah. uh, sort of remember each moment because I'm just going to forget um, a lot of them. And uh, we met Shannon, too, for the first time. That was really cool. Shannon, who Shannon, uh, yep. likely be uh, listening to this. Um, yeah, she was a delight to meet. That was so nice. <laughs> she's got a crazy good sense of humor like really dry sense of humor um yes but she would do anything for you you know like she saw us come in on sunday morning and she was like i'm gonna get you guys a coffee you know there's no there was no uh swaying her she just had to she just knew she was very motherly in her in her ways and uh just had a great way about her just a really a wonderful individual wonderful human being now, she looked exactly like she looks on in her twitter uh photo and um and as soon as she brought those coffees over to us we uh we sipped them and then spit them out because it was this is disgusting how dare you why did you scrape the bottom of the pot for this shannon <laughs> go back Oh, well, we gave her a new nickname. I think her new nickname was like uh, Scrappy Bastard. 
<laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Where did that come from? Well, because she had asked if we uh, actually, if there was a moment where someone actually called us uh, stone cold sons of bitches, like <laughs> right. we we address ourselves as stone cold sons of bitches, and we were like, no, we just kind of made that up. And she was like, well, I want a nickname. I can be I can be scrappy. And I'm like, yeah, I think like underneath that like motherly exterior, you're the scrappy badger. And she was uh, she was like, I'm a scrappy bastard. She thought I said bastard, not badger. So we're like, yeah, that's even better. You're Shannon, the, the scrappy bastard. <laughs> Such a scrappy bastard. Such a scrappy bastard. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was it was just such a delight. And um, the episode that we put on the Crawl Space feed this week came from CrimeCon. It was a panel recorded there with Ladessa Hendricks, who is Brandon Lawson's ex, and they share, I think, four kids together. Four and kids. Jason Watts, case advocate, who helped lead the search party, which eventually located Brandon's remains, likely located Brandon's remains in April of 2022. And John Lorden of Brain Scratch joined us on that panel. That snappy jacket wearing son of a bitch. I got a beef with him. I'll get into that later. <laughs> got a beef with yeah, you, John. Have, we definitely have to explain what happened on uh, <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, very funny video to us, at least, that we posted on on uh, Instagram uh, that we'll get into in a moment. Um, but also, Melissa and Whitney from Cults, Crimes, and Cabernet joined us on the panel for a little bit because they were a part of that search party that helped locate likely locate Brandon Lawson as well. And it was a magical moment, Lance. We we saw the uh, the the founder, the owner of CrimeCon come in and he was watching for a little bit and he was filming with his phone. Like that's how moving it was. Like he I don't know how, where he heard about it, but he apparently heard about what was happening in there and went over and needed some footage of it. That was really cool. I've said it before and I don't want to like it's I have to keep saying it. It's a testament to the community coming together in a as full circle way as possible to approach the disappearance of Brandon Lawson right off the bat with that 911 call. If you're a true crime uh, follower, this 911 call became the uh, became the, the the linchpin of Brandon Lawson's disappearance. People were trying to figure it out. They were slowing it down and speeding right. it up and trying to decipher what he was saying. So it that hit the internet, had the potential to become this everlasting urban legend-ish type moment. Mm -hmm. Years go by with uh, Brandon not being found. This 911 call goes out there, becomes the trademark of his disappearance. We speak with uh, Jason Watts about it, who had decided years ago that he was going to pick up the gauntlet and try to bring Brandon home in some way. Uh, he, he was or, he, he wanted to be the advocate for the family and for Ladessa uh, and the family being Bradley and Kimberly, Brandon's parents, his kids. So it starts there. We covered it. John Lorden covered it. So those are two of the early shows that covered it from the beginning. Those, those shows are on that stage. You, me, John Lorden. Cults, crimes, and Cabernet, or murder, mayhem, and Merlot, or whatever <laughs> yeah. you wh whatever uh, you want to apply to them, um, <laughs> they actually did some boots on the ground. So they're they're a newer show. So you have sort of the new wave coming in, and they go to the location of the disappearance. They help with those searches, and through all of that, we have Jason Watts coming back on, giving updates. We have Chloe interviewing Kyle, Brandon's brother. 
giving yeah. information there, you know, following up on that. The community talking about it, the visibility getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then they probably have found him. We keep saying likely and probably because they haven't officially released any DNA, but the family has said, based on the findings right now, it's more likely than not that that's Brandon's remains. And it all comes back full circle to CrimeCon, where it, where it all kind of started. I think, I think we, we're, we were in New York I think we were actually meeting with CrimeCon. I'm not entirely sure why we were in New York, but I think we were mm-hmm. we were there yeah, for some purpose right. with true crime. Yeah. And that's when we first heard from Jason Watts. So in a way it all comes full circle back to back to that and we're there on a panel. And it's all because of like the contagious energy of this like true crime community. Everyone wanted to help. It didn't fall into this like cesspool of like rumors and innuendos and accusations i mean there were some rumors that you know obviously affected ladessa and she wanted to keep her kids away from those rumors but it never really escalated to the point of being counterproductive the the goal was set and the drive was there and and the course was never altered for you know on jason's part on on the advocate part but beautiful moment to be a part of Absolutely. And yeah, big shout out to Chloe and Melina who, who were in that uh, episode with Kyle Lawson, <clears throat> um, Brandon's brother. And Chloe was corresponding with him via snail mail um, for, for months before that interview. So that was um, kind of a, a cool part of it. And a couple of moments in the coverage of this case, one, the decision to release the 911 tape on the internet and the I suppose the decision from Kyle um, to speak so transparently on that interview, those two things I think really helped lead us to where we are now. And I, I can tell you why, because as you mentioned, Lance, that, that nine one one call um, was such a, like, I think the whole true crime community knew it was a clue, um, but you just didn't know what it meant. Was what he's saying real? Was it literal? He Was he really being chased? Um, or was he on some something that was maybe making him think a certain thing? And so, like, to your point, had 25 years gone by, like, uh, and, you know, no one's really searching for Brandon at that point, like, where would this case have been? The conspiracy theories in that this case would have been bonkers would have been off the charts so that happened and the decision to release the audio made it a more popular case and you know i use kind of popular in air quotes this is not high school but like the way that families need to fight for justice and action is through raising awareness and so i know it was disturbing to the family to put that out there and then to see some conspiracy theories and, you know, hear some things that they know are completely not true, uh, being written by anonymous people online, like is very disturbing to them, you know, but it got us to the point where people were wondering what he meant. And there were so many people, I think true crime garage played the call generation. Y had Jason on, and I believe they played the call. So this case made its rounds. And then we had Kyle on. And again, thanks to Chloe for setting that interview up. And then Kyle told us what the truth was about that call. You know, we finally heard it in public for the first time that 
you know, Brandon, you know, and, and you can, you could kind of make, make your, I guess, assumption that Brandon may have been hallucinating, uh, with when he said people were chasing him, you know, and we don't know that for sure, you know, but, but hearing that he was on substances, uh, or likely on substances, um, or a substance that could cause that, um, it just made a little bit more sense. And so then that led Jason to start doing more searches because if that's true, which, you know, we, we heard it from his brother that, that it was, so you kind of go on the assumption that, okay, then maybe what Brandon was saying on the call wasn't true and he wasn't being chased. So then if that's all true, then he's still likely somewhere in that area. The police said it's been searched. He's not out there. They literally told the family he's not out there. They were wrong. And Jason did some drone searches. He took that video footage back to Lou Barry of PIs for the Missing, and they analyzed that drone footage together. And they tried to isolate areas that hadn't been searched that Brandon could have gotten to. They tried to locate uh, sort of, I guess, things that could have been sneakers or pieces of clothing. And, you know, I think in one case it turned out to be a rock. And Jason just kept at it. And, like, I don't know how many searches he did. And he emailed or he... uh, snail mailed like 10 of the landowners and finally hit a landowner who you know said yes and hadn't even heard of the case you know again back to why we do what we do why that call was released they hadn't even heard of the case uh, because they didn't they didn't live there full time and so jason was allowed to search bring the search party and they located what appears to be Brandon's remains in April of 2022. And great moment there on the panel when they talked about the series of events that happened that day when, you know, looking at where there was no ATV tracks in this direction. So that would mean at least recently that hadn't been searched or even not searched, hadn't been uh, explored at all for any reason. Like no one had been out there for any reason. So that's uh, sort of how Jason navigated to that uh, to that point, but a lot to unpack with what you just said. First, uh, I wanted to address the um, visibility that this does. Like you were talking about the 911 call and how that that is what put this case in uh, a much brighter spotlight. Uh, and it does come with some collateral damage. There always will be people who try to come up with a conspiracy, who try to come up with something that's a lot more, you know, for lack of a better word, sexy in, in uh, for a conclusion. Uh, very media-driven, very much like uh, movie-inspired. Like there has to be a backstory. There has to be a Mexican drug cartel. There has to be police conspiracies because the reality of it, someone going off, under the influence of a substance into very rough terrain and uh, you know with wild boars and rattlesnakes that's just not a, a, a sexy conclusion but Jason and the family Ladessa uh, Melissa and Whitney like all of the people that volunteered for that search just kept their sights on this on the course like they didn't pay attention to all of that and that's the small amount of collateral damage it's a small percentage but it's a loud percentage there's a much more higher majority percentage that just keeps going this responsible route and this is the result of that and that's amazing and it's all about the community too it's all about the community supporting the people at CrimeCon buying a standard badge at CrimeCon is supporting things like this. I mean, almost a direct way. It takes a little sure. bit to get there, but you know, yeah. it, it it requires time and patience and and endurance. But you buy your standard badge with the crawlspace discount of ten percent <laughs> if you choose to use our promo code. But you buy that, you show up, and you support. That is, and you talk about the cases. That is exactly what this is for. And then you brought up Lou Barry, 
who is an investigator on PIs for the Missing's uh, investigative board on the staff. Decades of experience as a police chief in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, very far away from Texas, still managed to work with Jason on that drone footage. But more than that, he was guiding Jason and was almost his mentor as far as how to conduct a search, how to handle communication with law enforcement, with your search party, with the media, including us, like telling Jason like when and what information he can say and cannot say uh, on the, on the uh, crawl space podcast and on the missing podcast or whatever podcast he decides to, to, um, to take part in. So that, that came about and Jason applied all, all of those methods to his to his search and the result is what it is and mm-hmm. ledessa said something that was amazing and you know people have to listen to her say it i'm not going to repeat what she said but listen to the episode she talks about easter and it's in connection with all of us using the word closure for families and i didn't realize what that meant really realize what that meant until she said it and then it just clicked and it was an incredible moment um but yeah, just round of applause to everybody for being a part of something like this. And, you know, hopefully next year at CrimeCon Orlando 2023, and I'm sure our, our promo code will be CrawlSpace again. So if you're uh, <laughs> thinking about buying a ticket early, uh, yep. sure, it's CrawlSpace. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully we have another story. Hopefully we have another story that we can sit up there on a panel and say it all came together again. Right. Yeah. This took years to unfold. You know, the, all these things, they... they it's not like it happened in the, in a matter of weeks or days or months, like years, yeah. you know? years. Yeah. Since like 2017 or 2016 or something or something like that. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a long story. So, you know, sometimes they take a long time to, to unfold and break and, you know, thanks for hanging with us. Cause this is, this is why we do it. The long haul, the long haul as yeah. far as, uh, you know what's really professional to me? To stretch while I'm talking. <laughs> Get that good stretch sound in there. <laughs> but yeah, you stick with it. Uh, and and to transition just slightly, we had not premiered, not announced, we soft announced a new series that we're working on. Uh, it's called Dark Valley, and it's in uh, collaboration. It's uh, with our new partners at Glassbox Media, and it is about the... Connecticut River Valley killings, which happened between 1978 and 1988 in the area between Vermont and New Hampshire that's divided by the Connecticut River. And it's sort of America's forgotten serial killer. And we're working on that. We're in pre-production on that, putting together all the material. We brought uh, a couple of promo decks to CrimeCon. We talked to people about it. Everyone seemed very fascinated. And they were all saying that they had never heard of this serial killer or these killings. And we are working with a wonderful, amazing champion of a human being, uh, Jane Borowski, who was the last known attack victim, allegedly, of the Connecticut River Valley killer. Uh, She was stabbed 27 times. She was seven months pregnant. She survived. And now she's uh, ready to tell her story and bring some closure as much as she can to the other victims and their families. Uh, and, and, and so far, even though we haven't recorded a sit-down interview for even like episode one, it's been an incredible journey so far. Right. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to get into it more. Um, we, we sure will. 
And yeah, a lot of people uh, were interested in the book that uh, that the binders that were at the table, and that was it was pretty cool to see people, you know, interested in it and ask about it. And everyone said, "Oh wow!" when uh, when we say, described who Jane Borowski was, they're like, "What?" You know, you say she was stabbed twenty seven times. She was seven months pregnant, and her and her daughter survived. They're like, "What?" Okay, I got to hear this. My gosh. Whew. Well, we're, we're going to get into that. That's going to be a, a heck of a series. I cannot wait. And Lance, uh, some funny moments that happened at CrimeCon. There were, I mean, we had a lot of laughs, really. We had zero uh, laughs. This is a serious event. <laughs> we are stone cold sons of bitches, as we've mentioned. Definitely check out our Instagram uh, highlights on from, from the stories on uh, on the Instagram, the Crawlspace Instagram page. There's a bunch of them from CrimeCon, and they're, they're, they're really making me laugh. Um, one of them was filmed by Aurelia, and then it was you telling people to toggle your butt on over to a seat, uh, which, you know, we, we recorded. <laughs> which we recorded beforehand. Uh, you know, CrimeCon asked uh, all the podcasters uh, to send a little clip, you know, and, and that one made it. And uh, it was really funny to hear that recorded <laughs> broadcast on Instagram. I feel bad. Like, that was me saying toggle your butt. Like, that's your that's your catchphrase. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. The, you know, there's someone else on, on Instagram that was using it. Toggle your butts on over to, it's like a true crime club or something like that. So I think it's just being adopted by the community we, at large. And I'm We need to I'm trademark it. it. <laughs> we'll send uh, cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh let's see one one thing that i thought was funny from the instagram instagram highlights was uh there was a, a close-up of me and greg overacker from the panel about <laughs> private investigations <laughs> and i look like so mad at him in the picture like i like like looking at him like what the f are you talking about i don't know it's just a weird moment i guess that my face looked and he's looking at me but i look like pissed at him and uh, and it said the the caption says accurate feelings on Greg Overacker at the moment because our badges are in his trunk, <laughs> and uh, we left our our bags in his trunk from dinner the night before, and uh, we asked him to hey can are you gonna can you meet us at at the opening of CrimeCon on Saturday because it opened at nine we're like you know we need our badges to get in it's like thousands of people gonna be there today like not everyone knows who we are we need our badges to get in, and. Uh, <laughs> What did he say, Lance? He insisted. He insisted that he he gives us rides. Uh, yeah, whatever and, you need. I'll drive you anywhere. Yep, drive you anywhere. So he drove us to this wonderful dinner that Glassbox Media hosted, drove us to that, left early, and it was upon the condition that he was going to pick us up because our bags were in his car containing our badges and other things we needed. And he was like, I'll come pick you up tomorrow and we can go to CrimeCon. That was, that was the arrangement. Apparently no one told him that it started at 9, so I sent him a text when we got back and I said, hey, can you be here at 8.15 to pick us up? And he wrote back, what are we, farmers? Like that's an interesting thing to to ask, and so I called him, and he was like, he was like, I can't be there then. Like that's too early. I'm, you know, I plan on sleeping, and you know, that, I got to get ready. And so like, okay. So we had this very chaotic morning. We had a very chaotic morning. We we get a, a lift to CrimeCon. We end up finagling some, I guess, sort of temporary passes. They knew who we were, so it wasn't like we were trying to sneak in or or pull a fast one. Um, by crime con and and then I think the, we showed the, them yeah sorry i think we showed them like a picture we're like look we're here yesterday on a panel <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well, this is us we're legit um, look. 
And then we we asked Greg, like, well, when do you plan on being there? And he was he responds, I'm thinking noon. Noon. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you know, I really don't want my lap my several thousand dollar laptop or whatever to be sitting in uh, a rent a car at some yeah. you know, some casino. Yeah. Like like how many cars get broken into a casino? I'm sure several a night. Yeah. Like uh we're just lucky our number wasn't drawn. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention the 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 badges. Like the badges alone could have prevented us from accessing certain things. You know, right. that's just issue after issue could have happened. So we, we compromised. He showed up at about 1045 and he's like, hey, what's going on, buddies? <laughs> Dude, you have no idea what you just did to us. Insisting uh, on giving us rides. <laughs> and uh, and then he gave us a ride later to the airport and um, which which was really also nice with a caveat. Him. But he's like, oh, I'm going to drop you off at the shuttle. And uh, you, it's really easy. You guys just take the shuttle there. Well, like, what the hell are you talking about? No, like, pick. No, you're taking us to the gate. These are heavy bags. We have equipment. Take yeah. us to the gate. It took a while for. I was so tired. It took a while for me to process what he said, and I don't think I responded. And you were like, "Dude, no, no, no. We have a camera bag that's like forty pounds. No. Like, we're not gonna yeah. lug that all over the airport. Like, no. And he, and he was, was just a- like, "Well, I'm not sure how it works at the gate. Do you drop people off? It's like, Dude, you ever it's driven a up to airport? an airport? Yeah, everyone does it." Yeah, and, well, it, and it I would have called an Uber. Went yeah. smoothly. I, I, I would have called an Uber if it was either uh, take get shuttle dropped or, off yeah. the shuttle, or <laughs> I definitely yeah. would have called an Uber. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we had a great time with Craig, and we got to meet his daughter, and uh, and we're just ribbing him, you know. Because yeah, we're yeah, we and, we rib because uh, we love. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we met uh, we met the prosecutors' podcast, uh, Brett and Alice. Oh yeah, that was really nice. We got a picture with them at the booth uh, that that my leg looked one one of my legs looked slender legs <laughs> slender leg one of my legs looked at least two feet longer than the other leg. It was a very weird anamorphic effect that that camera on the iPhone does sometimes. No, it wasn't. It, it was actually my posture. I I'm kind of leaning into Alice, and there was the trash barrel that I was like li- like standing over. So I had one leg that was next to the trash barrel, and the other leg was standing in front of the trash barrel. And it almost looked like. And I have gray pants and and gray shoes, so you almost can't tell where my shoe ends and my pant leg begins. So it just looks like I'm uh, I'm slender leg. Slender leg. Well, it it reminded me of the um, the reason why I said that anamorphic effect. It reminded me of that picture of Biden when he was sitting in a chair and his legs looked just like that, like super long oh, really? and weird. Yeah, and people were like, "What's up with Joe Biden's legs?" And then um, I think the his press secretary or somebody said like, "It's the camera, you know, it's the iPhone camera. Sometimes it does that." Um, but no, yeah, the, you you were in a weird like posture, and it was a, like an occurrence of certain things that came together that make that uh, made that slender leg. But that could be a really good hashtag, by the way. Hashtag slender, <laughs> slender leg. leg. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, 
let's see. One of the things we did there was uh, we actually filmed an interview with David Robinson, who is uh, Daniel Robinson's father. Uh, Daniel is missing from Buckeye, Arizona, and uh, he went missing in 2021. And we he emailed us like I want to say the night or two before the conference, and um, and we got right back to David and said let's set up a time, and and we recorded about a 20 minute interview with David about his missing son. And uh, he gave he gave one of the presentations there this weekend, and it was one of the bigger attended events, I think. <clears throat> and man, he's he's just done so much in search of his son. It is uh, completely inspiring. And uh, people, some people are like, "Well, every parent should do what he's doing." It's like, my God, like. I couldn't even imagine like <laughs> I, I heard someone say that and I, I, I would wish that, but literally impossible. Like what he's doing is, is absolutely insane. Like in a good way, you know, it's, it's completely determined. The, this fellow has been out there searching for months, uh, not working. You know, he's, he, I, I'm sure he used his savings to do so. I don't think we asked him about that, but I'm sure that's where that came from. Yeah, and he's trying to raise money for the searches uh, and trying to get as um, as much um, free press as he can. Uh, if if there's any other podcasters out there who haven't talked to him who are listening or if you are connected to a podcast, uh, if you're not a podcaster in the true crime world and you know somebody that you have a connection with, have them reach out to him. Uh, he wants to be on every show. Uh, he wants to talk about his son as much as possible. His son is, was is full of promise uh just a remarkable young man he was a geologist working at his dream job pretty much right out of uh schooling and goes missing with extremely mysterious circumstances but all of that minutiae and the details does not deter david from laser focusing in on how to find his son He's laser focused. We asked him where that came from, and he said that he has military training. And whenever he starts feeling one way about his son in an, in an emotional sense, he you can see it. He transitions to his military background, his military training, and it becomes a mission. It becomes he's an assignment that he was uh, directed to uh, resolve, and he's he views it as a military assignment. And here's what I have to do to get it done. He's got a great team behind him. I don't know who does his social media, who does all of that with him. But while he was on stage, for example, during his amazing panel, uh, not panel, the breakout session uh, in one of the big rooms, someone was like posting on Instagram under his account, retweeting, you know, they, they were doing it in real time and like you said, like people were saying every parent should be doing something like this, but not every parent has like military training and is able to compartmentalize like he does. Uh, yeah. Or months, you know, like, like what, what he's done, just like donating his time and money to do that is like for literally months, like he's handing out flyers. There was one story uh, that we heard from the crime door uh, panel or, or whatever that happened. And um, I think her name is Erica. She said that she had just finished doing like a video about, the disappearance of Daniel Robinson and she went out to her car and she saw a flyer from which was dropped off by David and his crew um, just randomly on her car. She was like she was like in a parking lot that day or something like that. And uh, I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, but 
it just goes to show what this guy is doing. Like when he's not physically searching in the desert, he is uh, dropping flyers and on cars and parking lots. And, you know, the, he's located human remains out there. He's also located Daniel's uh, car. So it's it's um, quite amazing. And then he he's paused his search for like a matter of days to attend CrimeCon to make a push for more funds and meet as many creators as possible. Like this guy doesn't have like he's not let a minute go by without doing something. And that is what I find like uh, completely remarkable. Um, yeah, it became his mission, his objective, yeah. his, you know, the his life purpose until there is a solution. And you can help him if you go to pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. You can do everything from donate to uh, submitting tips to volunteering to search. Uh, there's also a, a link to print the flyer and post on your own. So if you're unable to physically go to the location to search, you can get a PDF of the flyer and you can print it and you can plaster it everywhere cars telephone poles everywhere um you can sign the petition there's even like a sector map where you can see uh where they've searched and just like the terrain really and everything cool. which is and where the car was found it's really cool and it's all like divided up into a grid if you if you have any question about this guy's like military background and the precision in which he's searching <laughs> click on that sector map it's incredible <laughs> very cool and a, right, and so a the, and remarkable human being yeah and that interview will be brought to uh, to these airwaves and then the missing airwaves as well uh, in the next couple weeks. And Lance, uh, onto some some really funny moments from the weekend. Uh, we we tried to go back to the Airbnb. We were staying off the strip, and we tried to go back to the Airbnb <laughs> to like change and brush our teeth uh, before going out on Saturday night. <clears throat> and uh, because you know we were there from. 8.30 till like uh, whatever, 6, 7 at night and talking to a million people and, uh, you know, like, you, you know, you just want to want to wash your face and brush your teeth <laughs> after that. So we just started, we were like, ah, oh, maybe we can get a cab real quick. And we walked outside of the casino and there was like a line of like 30 people at least waiting for a cab. And there were no cabs in sight, which I feel like is a little bit of a Vegas conspiracy. I think they're forcing them out a little bit. I think they're trying to, I think they're trying to funnel you into taking limos uh, is really my, my thought. But uh, so anyway, we, we left there and we looked at our map and we're like, Oh, we can make it back. Let's just walk back. It's, it's supposed to take about a half an hour. It was hot. But we're like, okay, we'll walk slow, not work up too much of a sweat. And uh, and so we tried that. <laughs> and we walked in the straight line up the street. And then Vegas, it kind of forces you to go up escalators and go like over bridges. And if even if you're trying to stay straight on the street, it kind of forces you to do that a lot of times. and Or even cross the street sometimes. But uh, it sent us through the Bellagio. And we ended up coming out like 20 minutes later on the other side of the Bellagio fountain. So, so we ended up not, we went in like a semicircle went, and it ended up going back the way we had come. It's a, it was a, like a weird, like, like, um, space time thing. Like, 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 I'm not sure how that even happened. I, I'm not <laughs> sure how we walked in what felt like for the most part, a straight line. And we came out in this weird semicircle on the other, like not even on the other side, just on a different side. And, yeah. and it was just this real mind fuck to come out and be like, we're only here. Like we. I'm looking at where we like an area where yeah. we started, and it, it was we it's been there, 20 minutes. 20 minutes ago. Yeah, 
like, I could have swam uh, over the fountains and and it would have been faster and more direct. Uh, so bizarre. So we get yeah, to a cab line after some yeah. d- deliberating. <laughs> right, right. Yes, yeah, so we we went up to the Bellagio. I wish I got a picture of that moment because I guess I didn't because we were so frustrated and yeah. it was and we started to sweat and we're like, oh shit, this is this is now we're getting anxious and uh, hives are coming out. <laughs> this is getting bad, and uh, but the view is beautiful right there at the fountain from the Bellagio and of Paris with the Eiffel Tower. There, it was really cool. I wish I got some pictures, nice. but anyway. But we didn't. But uh, we went up and um, stood in the cab line and we waited for like five, ten minutes again. Didn't move at all. And we're like, what the, oh, what and the we hell? saw like one cab. It was like one cab comes up and then like 15 minutes later, the same cab comes up to pick up. We're like, no, no, no. <laughs> OK, so our options were walk home would might take us an hour, maybe might more. be impossible. We yeah, we don't even know if we could do it. A we'd be sweaty messes. B, <laughs> um, and and you know late for dinner or whatever. And, and maybe not even friends after. <laughs> right. And so it's either that or wait for the cab. God knows it'd be a half an hour. We're we're hungry. We're we don't want to be there waiting there. It's like just feels like a waste of time when you're just standing still, especially when no cabs are coming. Or option C, which was. Uh, the most fun option was uh, pay a little extra, but take take a huge stretch limo. <laughs> <laughs> we saw we saw these cars. It was like SUVs and and limos. It just went up to the uh, person working that uh, that that desk outside and asked if these cars were for um, you know for rent or whatever. Like you know, can we hire a car? And they went over to see like what was available and it it actually turned out to be a little less than what i expected yeah yeah it was two digits d- double digits not triple digits right right two digits um and then you know throw a tip on there and i think one of the funniest parts was just like how much we were laughing in the uh <laughs> like and and the driver was was so amused by us because we were like giddy. We were like, I can't believe that, you know, and he's talking to us and we end up like telling him about the podcast and what we're doing there. And we were like, hey, man, can you stop at Walgreens, which was close to our Airbnb? We're like, can you stop at Walgreens so we can get some water? He's like, sure. So he drives this like huge limo into the Walgreens parking lot where Tim gets out to go get some water. And he's a limo driver. So he opens the door for you. You get out. People are looking at us like, who are these like jamokes? Like, come on. You come back, and he waits. He waits there like a limo driver, he, and oh you know, God. very, very, you know, straight backed, and uh, waits for you to come out. Opens the door. You throw the water in and everything, and then we do like you know a, a twenty point turn trying like, to get out of the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> we get dropped off at hilarious. our Airbnb, <laughs> which was only like a mile from the casino, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, without the draft. Without the NFL draft, we probably would have been able to walk there because they shut down the road, which is why we had to take a detour. Without that, it would have been maybe a 15-minute walk. Uh, and, and the drive without the draft would have been like a five-minute drive. Instead, some minutes were added, and obviously you're not allowed to walk anywhere uh, beyond that section in Vegas. But it was big shout-out to uh, to the Bellagio staff for hooking us up. Well, hooking us up. We paid for it. But uh, that that... That car was that was that was a wonderful moment. There was another hilarious moment that happened later that night. We were really on a roll. I think uh, when we got back to uh, the hotel after after making it to the Airbnb, we had some water, um, maybe changed or whatever, 
And then we went back out and uh, and we saw John Lorden and Danielle Hallen um, having like a meetup in one of the bars at the casino or hotel. And uh, we, we kind of got ushered like way back into the back of the restaurant. And so we saw them like from a deep, deep distance. And we, I guess we had walked by them. They did not really see us. And, uh, and <laughs> Lance, you, you mentioned to the server. Oh, yes. So we we order our food and then we're just kind of looking around and we see John way in the distance. Like you said, he's probably the exact opposite from where we are against the back wall. And we said to our server and we prefaced it by saying, listen, if you're too busy, cause they were busy. Like if you're too busy to do this, no big deal. But do you see that, that man standing under the TV there with a black shirt and he's talking and she said, Oh yeah, I see him. And we said, can you, possibly go over there and tell him that he has to leave because he's offended one of the guests by not wearing uh, a proper jacket and she like we didn't even we didn't even like I didn't fully have that sentence out of my mouth before she was like I'm on it like she she was delighted to do this and we watch it happen she goes over to him and he's so like he's taken aback at first and then he's just confused and then he just starts dying laughing uh, yeah. mission accomplished on that and he i guess he like didn't have his contacts or his glasses on or something he was t- saying like you know everything was blurry and we were waving we were trying to get his attention we were waving everyone else in the restaurant saw us waving people were like waving back like okay uh and except for john he didn't see it uh, see us uh, waving at him yes yes that that was posted on our instagram uh stories as well and you could find it in the highlights um, and it says the moment Lord Nartz got kicked out of the bar for not wearing a snappy enough jacket. And, uh, yeah, you can see the video as exactly as you described Lance. He's listening at first and then he just starts cracking up and you can even see your hand wave actually, but yeah. he doesn't see us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, gotta, knew, I, I, yeah, I went up to him ahead. the next day and I showed them, I showed him and Den, uh, Danelle this video and, uh, it was like, uh, you know, that, that was just hilarious. And he was like, I knew, I, I figured it was you guys. He was like, I knew it was someone trolling me. I just didn't, I couldn't see. And, uh, he, he was cracking up when he saw the video too. Like, could you even imagine like that li- like weird moment, like just happening to you? Like, and it's probably something you don't really remember the next day. And then you're shown a video of your reaction yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like invasive, but also hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's um, my, uh, forte. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> that's my forte. <laughs> invasive, invasive uh, hilariousness. Um, yeah. Shout out to that restaurant, by the way. Burger. Yeah. I know we ate there like three yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, <laughs> three or the, four times. Shout out to the hostess who is wearing a, uh, pro- hopefully still wearing her missing pin. And the staff <laughs> was right. great. And then the, uh, the, the last funny video that I want to describe here that uh, made its way to our Instagram stories was a, uh, I, (laughs) we were so giddy when we got back to the Airbnb after uh, crime con, like we were just riding a high and just a little bit, a little bit punchy, a little punch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very little sleep the night before, you know, only a few hours really. And, uh, so we were kind of running on adrenaline and we got back and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> and we, we we started, I guess, joking that it was like graduation, like we have our badges and we take them off and throw them in the air. <laughs> and get a freeze frame. Had... <laughs> yeah. And the freeze frame was the joke. And uh, we we're like, let's throw them up and freeze it. 
and um, the ceiling was so short at the Airbnb that the <laughs> like throwing it up really it only went like just above your hand, <laughs> and and so we just. Uh, we just got really giddy and and I filmed you you throwing your badge up and it hits the ceiling immediately and we're just we're just cracking up. <laughs> I think we like I didn't realize like what was in my head at the time was the opening credits of the Mary Tyler Moore show where she throws her hat in the air and it's this freeze frame. Um like I didn't I didn't get that until after like thinking about it and then seeing that right. opening credit sequence. But like the, the funny, like it's funny if we were to do that outside and you could, you know, do the jump and the, and the throwing of the badge and then a freeze frame, that, that's pretty funny on an, on its own. But the fact right. that it, we were trying to recreate this moment in the Airbnb with a ceiling that was like probably four inches away from like if I fully extended my hand up. So it just doesn't do anything. Like the, yeah. the badge just goes up, it hits and falls. Like there's nothing to it. And we were, Freaking dying laughing at that <laughs> yeah we posted that uh on instagram and i think on twitter too with um the mary tyler moore clip as well um so some at least some reference in what we were laughing so hard about um but yeah that was that was hilarious um i think i think there were a lot of confused people about these these videos but uh yeah. it was so funny you know so it's nice Mission to give some there <laughs> some explanation here yeah. on the on the crawlspace preem preem well i just have a real quick beef with with john lorden he yes. he he showed up to CrimeCon with like a new product so lorden arts like um little mini puzzle where you take a piece out so there's a piece missing and these little squares that you have to take and rearrange and then put back together so it's his serious seriously mysterious logo I uh, goddamn him! Like this has taken up far too much of my life, and I can't I hate figure those it out. Puzzles. I hate, I yeah. fucking hate them, but I yeah. can't stop. Yeah, it's almost like a, a mini Rubik's cube in a way. It's like a flat kind of Rubik's cube that uh, I've never been able to uh, figure out or, or solve, and I, I and, just get frustrated. And he knows it because I'm trying to put pieces of John Lorden's face together, and and you know he's laughing somewhere. <laughs> Oh, and you know he knows how to put it together. He's like, oh, you just move it like this, uh, and it's solved. Yeah, he'll just like shake it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another well, example of John Lorden being holier than thou, showing us up, <laughs> showing us up. <laughs> I feel like that puzzle's a personal insult to us. It's a personal insult, is what I'm getting at. It is a direct it's... insult. It might as well have that written on the back. Yeah, F you, Crawl Space. F you, Tim and Lance. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, everybody. I hope you uh, enjoyed this riff on uh, the CrimeCon weekend. This is a lot of fun. And I'm sure our code for next year uh, in Orlando will be Crawl Space again because it's been Crawl Space every single year. So I'm just going to put it out there for 10% off your standard badge. Orlando uh, in September of next year, 2023. Use promo code Crawl Space at checkout. Take it easy. See ya.